welcome to Echoes Down the Road, a podcast presented by the band West of House. My name is Eric, and today we bring you episode three, where we will be breaking down the song Carry Your Dreams from our debut album, Crescendo of Silence. So join me, Lance, and Tommy as we talk about what went into creating this anthemic and heartfelt song. Welcome back. Welcome to episode three, Westies. Episode Woo! three. As you know, I am one of your tour guides. My name is Eric. And my name is Lance. And this is Tommy. And we will be talking about Carry Your Dreams. That's track two off of our debut album, Crescendo of Silence. So now, now would be a wonderful time to go to Spotify or Apple Music or iHeartRadio or pull out that CD you bought from us. Thank you very much. And go push track two and listen to Carry Your Dreams. We'll give you a bet. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed that. If you didn't listen, well, you're in for a treat because we will play it at the end of this episode. Mm. So to let's start it off. Ah, there we go. A Kraken Z beer. We can officially start the podcast. What are you drinking there, Mr. Eric? Well, it's it's nice of you to ask, Mr. Lance. I'm sticking with <laughs> Six Point Brewery, like last time, but this time I'm drinking Citrus Jammer. It's a goza, hey. and it is tart and refreshing. Ooh, that's Light on the alcohol, but you know what? It's kind of a, well, I don't know what month we're playing this, but right now it's actually a hot October night. It's never a bad night to have. I always yes. thought it was gose, but that sounds a little too fancy. Yeah, that sounds like a bad French word or something. Yeah, not Goza. Bose. Not, not Gozer, like from Ghostbusters. Right. That, but those that would are be different. Go- that would be more evil. Or the uh, pot sticker, right? Goiza? Is that what those are called? The Shut up, Tommy. Japanese version of pot stickers. <laughs> <laughs> Is that going to be in every episode, a Shut Up, Tommy? Because so far, it's been in, you know, I think all of them. Yeah, it's, it's not going to stop anytime soon. That sounds good. It's out of love, right. people. It's out of love. All right, so carry your dreams. You guys excited to talk about that one? I am. Yes. You got some some good things to say? Absolutely. Tommy always has good things to say. Yeah, I I mean, we can hardly shut him up. It's true. This is true. So (laughs) this song, it is, well, it kind of derives from a a big U2 influence, which I am taking that you have gathered if you have ever listened to that song. And that is the ultimate compliment in my book. Uh, good composers borrow, great composers steal. I don't know who said it, but they're kind of right. And there's a little bit of stealing and a little bit of originality on that. Actually, a lot of originality. But the, it's a spiritual, <laughs> but a spiritual successor to a U2 song in my heart. And just kind of the, one of the, the ways that I honor those four lads from Ireland who we all love so much. I believe we're all fans in this band. Tommy, you're, you're raising your hand. Are you having a heart attack? Or are you agreeing that U2 is awesome? No, U2 is awesome. And uh, you might want to tell the folks that you saw me raise my hand because we were actually on Skype video. So we can interact a little better. That is so true. We use, the, hear, we use the Skype so we can see each other and kind of interact and figure out what we're thinking. If, if Tommy's giving us the finger or anything, if we make fun of him too much. 
Uh, you guys right. don't so, get in the video. One, because we haven't figured out that technology, and two, no one wants to see us anyways. That's true. No, we, we definitely have a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this song, uh, like yesterday's, it started out with a different name. And this is a very clever one called <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, what's the meaning on that one there, Eric? Yeah, you know, that's funny you mentioned that because when I go back into all my uh, tracks for this uh, CD, all my folder song folders are something different because I know them as the original song, not the change song name. So, uh, yeah, when whatever came up, I couldn't remember what that was. I actually had to go in and play it and listen to what it was because uh, I forgot. So, whatever. Yeah, and there's, there's no deep meaning after I'd written it. It was... Well, a similar 80s vein, kind of like yesterday's, and I wasn't feeling yet what it was about or where it was going to go. I didn't even know if it would go anywhere, and so it just got called whatever. <laughs> well, there you have it. And we've got, a, uh, we've got one of the first demos for Carry Your Dreams, so let's play a little of that right now. There's a chance. So like yesterday's, Carry Your Dreams has a lot of guitar layering. There's seven or eight guitars on there, and it didn't come together quite as fast as yesterday's, uh, but still it was only maybe two or three days. And, you know, it's got that, that West of House style of layer upon layer on the guitars, on the vocals, uh, but the magic of that song and what needs to be pushed first and foremost is the bass playing of our own Mr. Lance Bletcher. Again, again, wow. Lance, even what? more than yesterday's Lance's bass oh, playing that, changed tough. this song completely. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that, Lance? Yeah, I mean, obviously, if those of you who listened to the first few episodes, you know, we did all of this separately. And so listening to Eric's scratch stuff, this, I think I did three passes. If I, I went back to our folder and I looked at the three different versions I did and all three of them had the same progression which again just comes out of my head and I don't have any inspiration particularly but if I remember right that the verses were just kind of sitting on D and there was a little bit of C at the end or something but it, it <laughs> needed to have a little bit more and I it was beautiful but so I don't know how I got to that transition of a G to a B or something like that but I remember when Eric first heard it after I uploaded, he had texted me and, and you seemed excited. It's always hard to tell off, obviously on a text without any tone, but you said how you were blown away by how the song completely took a different turn for you and your ear and how you had envisioned it going, but you liked it. So I was, I believed you at the time <laughs> and, um, but I knew, what about I knew it was true because then you wanted me to write the progression out for, I think a keys line or something else later. So then I was like, okay, good. He likes us. And, and again, it's an example of this creation and separation. I think I, I said that phrase in our last episode 
where just the ability to create on your own, totally separate from the rest of your bandmates, which is not something I'm used to doing, uh, really allowed this song, I think, to blossom to what it what it ended up being. And it, it arguably is my favorite song just because of that element of of Eric having this whole change and and kind of direction and and I just love the way it ended out. To me, it's one of our most beautiful songs, and um, I think that's just the art of music making, especially during the COVID times. Yeah, it was it was a winner. I remember when you sent it. I had already had the vocals on there, and so normally I kind of have in my head what I think I'm going to hear, and you you made the change the chord change and it wasn't what I thought I was going to hear, but it worked perfectly with where the vocals were going. And for a song that was so steeped in u 2 I think that's a word. We'll, we'll call it a word. It is, it is now. It had so much u 2 You did that change and I immediately heard Simple Minds. Uh, it reminded <laughs> me of the song Once Upon a Time from one of the greatest 80s albums ever, Once Upon a Time by Simple Minds, which of course everyone should have listened to already. Yeah, uh, because it's, so. it's seminal. And so, of course, I told Lance, I said, uh, this reminds me. Uh, it was either Once Upon a Time or Alive and Kicking. I'm not sure. Yeah. And I said, this reminds me exactly of Simple Minds. And Lance, in all his greatness, said, <laughs> who's that? Who's that? Which is, <laughs> oh, which, you're fired, it's Lance. It's funny because it did create tension and resolution and all that stuff. But I'm like, oh, okay. I'm sure that's a, a nice band. And there's there's a funny end to this because... <laughs> As embarrassed as Eric was, and shame for me, clearly. I think you actually texted, you're hopeless. You didn't say, are you kidding? You said, you're hopeless, because I don't know <laughs> who they were by name. So I listened to it. So as soon as I got up there, I downloaded the, the album, that whatever. So I thought it was Alive and Kicking, but it could have been the other one. But So I listened to it. And I'm like, yeah, okay. This is a cool circa 80s band. I definitely, it agree, I agreed with it, and it kind of felt and felt similar to the baseline I guess I just created and and so as I listened to a few more songs I, I got to the end and then I realized that it's actually the band um, the artist of the soundtrack of my favorite movie of all time Tommy do you know what band that is I'm mean, sorry what movie that is it's simple minds <laughs> yeah no but the movie uh, 80s oh, movie what's, yeah and Eric uh, told me they were that? ashamed or not happy that they even played this song but that is true because they, they were not happy asked with this song. To, come on to Tommy. Do it, right you're embarrassing yourself those, in front of i get all tens those of people. 80s i get all those 80s teenage yes. shows mixed so, up because you were 40 it's in the one 80s. of those so the yeah, breakfast well, club i was Tommy. the breakfast, breakfast club. club that's right so yeah, it is so. still my favorite movie i can recite the entire movie if you give me a few minutes i will go through <laughs> every line of it and um so that'll be a different at that podcast. point. I realized, okay, I simple minds. I've definitely heard that name before. And again, I know I bring great shame to myself True. from Eric, but, um, it was a great compliment that I didn't realize was a compliment at the time. Well, it, you know, like we said, it, it made the song, uh, yeah. Having you chart it out. I ended up doing the keys on this one. Usually Kevin does it, but I got bored one night and laid down the synth and just, I followed your baseline rather than my guitar for that. And just love the feel of it. Love just the lilting melody of this song. There's so much. It is dripping with hooks. Yeah. And it's probably one of the hookiest songs on the entire album. I agree. I, I often find myself starting our album on suck, the second song because it is one of my favorites, for sure. I, no, Eric, I, 
Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. A lot of that comes from having heard, because we released yesterday's in March of 2020, I had heard yesterday so much that while I still say it's the a perfect album opener for Crescendo Silence, I'm like, ah, I've heard this, but I've only heard, you know, Carry Your Dreams maybe two or 300 times. So I'll start with that one today. <laughs> yeah. So true. That's true. Eric, I, I didn't realize that the lyrics were done prior to me writing my line. And I find that fascinating that it fits so well and you didn't have to change much at all. If that's is yeah, that true, it, it fit perfectly with the melody. Uh, normally, I mean, if there's changes in chord structure, totally that it, it, you know, has the tendency to affect the melody, maybe change that, but it worked too. Well, I mean, I was singing, it's in the key of D, so it's all relative, of course. Yeah. But, but the chords kind of, it added a little tension under what I'm saying during those changes. And when we play the entire song at the end, uh, you'll be able to hear that. And it creates a really good dynamic for the entire song. Cool. And so, Tommy, you were, drums were next, correct? Yes, drums were next. This song is interesting because usually song phrases are four or eight. And this song has a six measure intro. So that was something I noticed right off the totally bat. Totally on purpose. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the interesting thing about the drums on this is I created my own loops. So usually when you record a drum part, you press record, you play the whole thing, and you're done. In this song, I did not do that. I recorded maybe five or six measures. Each one was different. And then I went into Logic, which is the program I use to record music, and I assembled the drum part with five or six measures worth of music. For the whole song? The whole That's song. Impressive. So if I if I were to show you the, the the drum part in Logic, it's all like a bunch of little pieces put together instead of a big long piece. Which uh, I don't know why I decided to do that. This was uh, this song actually happened quite a bit after the other ones. And I think we had done probably a difficult song before that. And I wanted to try something that was, um, you know, just can I, can I make my own loops and then build my own part? And so that's what I did. So there's really, uh, there's no fill in this song. I don't think I played a Tom in this song. It's just all kick snare and, and the hi hat, uh, you know, U two E. Yeah, that's right, the U two E sounding thing. And I tried to steal a little Carter Buford and put some accents on it. Because I really dig how that guy plays, how that guy plays. So that's uh, that's kind of how I approached the drum part. It's just actually a bunch of loops that I created live. I didn't build the loops in Logic. I actually played them live and then put them together. Did we record this before or after Denmark? It's th this is the one we did right after. It seems like after, which is probably why I wanted to do something different because Denmark was a bugger. Well, we have the whole Denmark debacle, which the next episode will all be about that. <laughs> and it's a wonderful story, so you're going to love this. But Forgot about that. That's probably oh. why this song was so freeing to our souls. Yeah, yeah. I think it, this was after Denmark. Well, Tommy, you didn't give yourself any props for the hi-hat touch that I think you often have this really cool ability to, to work a hi-hat in a way that's it's interesting but simple and, and complimentary. And, and I, I forgot about the looping, but you're right. I remember you kind of struggling with it. And then you, when you found the looping side, it really allowed you to, to put a lot of pieces together. But you had that real simple driving groove 
with that hi-hat touch that is so often you in songs where you you add this little color and but yet creating space for the rest of the song it's actually pure genius in my opinion because you're right the rest oh, of it's you. very simple and, and minimalistic but the hi-hat still gives that kind of touchy technique that you often display and I love that part of it. You didn't give yourself any props to the hi-hat, but it's my yeah, favorite. Yeah, Tom, oh, you got to do better, man. Hi-hat hi is a lost art. If you listen to uh, a lot of modern drummers, which I do, to critique and sometimes enjoy and sometimes make fun of, uh, you'll hear you'll hear your, your fourths, you'll hear your eighths, even some sixteenths on that hi-hat. But if you guys listen all throughout Crescendo to the stuff that Tommy does, uh, his use of of triplets and ghost notes, even on the hi-hat. And it's, I, I wish you could see Skype right now and just watch Tommy's head <laughs> getting bigger, which is already impressively big. It's going to press up against but the it's mic. it's those little it things. I mean, and I think Lance will agree. It's those little pieces in uh, a lot of our songs that just you don't really notice right away. But if you dig in, you, you really see some of the musical genius in that. Yeah, Tommy has a good technical sound for this stuff. Well, I, you know, I appreciate that guys. I, uh, I put actually a lot of, of work and thought into, into, uh, recording a part and, and coming up with a part. And I even which crash symbol I'm going to hit because it's going to sound different or it's going to come in off a different mic and it just something to give the listener a more full experience. So I, you know, I appreciate that you guys are picking up on that and, uh, I really do try to try to, I mean, these songs mean a lot to Eric. They mean a lot to, mean a lot to all of us. So I wanted to bring my a game. I, I could phone in a, a kick snare beat and it would sound fine, but it, it's not me. So, um, Lance says he can do things in one or three takes. I won't tell you how many times it takes me to come up with a part. <laughs> I don't know these songs, and, and actually I don't, I don't really work on these songs and then record them. I go down and I listen to it two or three times, and I just record. And I record a bunch of different takes trying to come, come up with a, a part and lots of trial and error. But uh, in the end, it works. Definitely it, does. It definitely worked with this one. Uh, you know, like we said, it's one of my absolute favorite songs not just on the album, but that I think I've ever had the privilege of being a part of. It's a, an amazing tune. And I think on Spotify, it's climbing up the, up the ranks. Yeah. Isn't I, it? We've, I don't know when we'll release this, but right now it's, it's doing pretty well. And hopefully by the time we release it, it'll be doing even better. <laughs> so, and not the same. Okay, so let's talk about Kevin on this uh, part. He did some great, that's great stuff. Yeah. Kind of like yesterday's Kevin was, was last to this party. And I think we talked about a little uh, last episode. It was one of those songs where we had put so many layers down and so many parts that I started to feel bad and think, where's Kevin going to fit in? Have I played too much? Have I taken up his sonic space? You know, that will allow him to, to throw his genius into carry your dreams. And again, what he adds, he throws in those little parts of color, those little ambient textures, the little, notes and motifs spread throughout the song. Uh, and it's amazing. It takes it from a really good song to an amazing song. And that's, again, the genius of Kevin. Ditto. He's got a special ability to, to add those colors we can't hear. He's got a gift. The colors we can hear. That, that's, that's an album title right there. Colors we can't hear. 
Yeah, add that to the list, Tommy. Here. The colors here we, we can't right, yeah, I'll write, hold on, let me write that down. I'm not sure it makes with any cre- sense whatsoever, of, but... What, it's kind of like crescendo of silence. Oh, well. Yeah, creation of separation, that was one of my other favorites at Lance. Well, we we, we had the long talk about crescendo of silence in episode one. So yes, yes, that was that was fun. Yeah, it was good. We and again, go back to episode one if you haven't heard it yet. And want to know how we came up with that name? Okay, so vocals. Uh, this song scared me to death because you know Lance and Tommy know they've they've worked with me for well hell decades. That's true. On music and I'm um, to quote Joe Dirt. I'm a rocker through and through. You know, I've got the, I, I can do the dirty rock voice. Uh, I want to, you know, I, I cut my chops on, on metal, on the Sunset Strip. And to come into something like Carry Your Dreams, which is so intimate and uh, soft isn't the right word, but uh, melodic and gentle, I really wanted to tap in to a vocal style that I don't use all that much. So... We talked about the use of falsetto on yesterday's, and there's a little, but that's as a harmony. So Carry Your Dreams is the first song we recorded for West of House, where I use falsetto as the main melody for a lot of it. Right. And it's not easy, folks. It's, it, it's not easy, especially when you're not used to it, because I've got to go up in notes that well, most humans don't play with. Yeah, and you, I didn't know if I could do it. <laughs> you had mentioned to me how it was super stretching for you, and multiple times while you were recording it and redoing it, so it was perfect. But I don't hear Eric say that he gets stretched very often when he's doing art. So that told me that it was a challenge for him for sure, and it turned out amazing. It, it was, and you know, not just the stretching, but you really, as an artist, you have to open yourself up and be vulnerable when you're going to record something like this and, and where the lyrics went, which we'll talk about in a second, I had to be vulnerable to sing these lyrics. You know, these weren't throwaway rhymes that I just pulled out of my back pocket. They really meant something very personal and very special to me. So that's kind of where that falsetto part came from. And, you know, I listened to it and maybe I'm the only one I can hear little things that I think I would do differently at times, but there's an honesty to the song that I, I wanted to keep in some of those early takes. And, you know, for me and others may disagree. Uh, I, I think it worked out. I agree. I, th- I think it went over. Okay. No, it sounded fantastic. And you know what I also like about this, in addition to the falsetto and the actual notes is the, uh, the melody line of just how the, how the words flow and how the melody goes. And then halfway through that bridge, you're, you're kind of getting down. Um, yeah, one of my favorite things about, uh, this song, not only the lyrics, but the melody of the lyrics. And I just find myself humming along with that, especially in the bridge when, uh, the words are, um, in, my honor and privilege to walk with you. That word you is pretty low. And then you start with, if you let, and then I'm not going to try to sing because I can't sing, but let jumps up. And that's just really cool. In the, in the middle of the bridge, you're, you're tracking down with the lyrics. You get to a new line and a couple words into the new line, you jump up again, up to the beginning where you kind of started that bridge. And it's really cool. So, you know, there, there's a lot to like in this, but the melody of the lyrics, I just find myself uh, 
humming along with it. And, and even when the song's not on, it's something that I sing along uh, to or I hum along to, I guess, just during the day. It's just uh, a really great melody line for the lyrics. Yeah, as the great Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber says, I like it a lot. <laughs> a lot. It's, yeah, yes. it's the, the hook in this, it's, it's probably my favorite on the album. And the bridge specifically, uh, that's, well, I'll jump into that later. Uh, but first, I, I kind of want to hit on the lyrics, which I had alluded to. Yeah. So, so this song, it's a letter to my daughters. Uh, if you don't know, I've got three. Uh, as of this recording, they're 17, 15, and 12. And they're just wonderful girls, wonderful young women. And the song kind of came about, you know, there's this idea in our culture, uh, a falsehood, in my opinion, that, that women need to be saved that men are here to step in and save women and shield them from every bad thing that may happen uh, because they're, they're weak or they're soft. Uh, uh, frankly, uh, in my opinion, it's a bunch of BS. Uh, women, as most of you know, are far stronger <laughs> than we give them credit for and far stronger than men in many ways. That is no lie. And my girls, you know, and I know Tommy's got a daughter, Lance, has two daughters, uh, you know, we raise our women to, to be strong and they are strong and they don't need us to fight their battles. They don't need us to shield them from every bad thing because they can handle that themselves. And I think as a dad, that's hard because then we have to take a very intentional and purposeful step back and sometimes allow them to face hardships, sometimes allowed them to be in the middle of, uh, situations where they may not know what to do, not dangerous situations, mind you, uh, but just those things that happen in life uh, that are tough. And we do our, we do the women in our lives a disservice when we don't think that they're strong enough to go through that. And so that's kind of what I wanted to touch on in this song. You know, it's obviously uh, an ode to, to feminism, if you will, to, to women's rights, to the strength of women. But very specifically to my little girls uh, who aren't little and even that's insulting in itself. Uh, <laughs> but one of my favorite lines is like, every time I consider what you need from me, it's far less than what I want to give. And I think a lot of dads can relate with that, that we want to give so much to our daughters to give them to the world, uh, to give them the world. And that would actually end up doing more damage than by just letting them experiencing a lot of things on their own. And that just leads to the whole point that the best thing that we can do as parents and that I can do as a man for any woman is to walk alongside and carry their dreams, uh, not tell them their dreams, not hold them to myself uh, for them to, you know, get little pieces of as, as I give out, but just to carry them and hold them in front of me and be that support. Uh, that's my biggest honor and privilege for my girls is just to be a support for them as they live their lives, you know, they're not put on this earth to serve me. It's, it's the opposite. Yeah. And that's kind of where this song is coming from. Yeah. It's cool that you memorialize that in a song, of course. And I think that's, what's cool about writing now and how old we are a couple decades older than we'd like to be probably. But I, I do remember the first time I read through these lyrics prior to even knowing that story that you just shared that it's for your daughters, but it made sense. You know, when I went through it and I read it, I think any parent, you know, this song and the lyrics will speak and preach to them. 
of how we are here to support them and, and find a way to make them the best humans we can make them through obviously many different means. But um, I wanted to ask both of you, because like Eric said, I've got two daughters, Tom, you got one and Eric's got the uh, trifecta of three. But what is, Eric, you kind of shared your favorite line, but Tommy, what about you then? What is your favorite lyric in this song or which one resonates the most of you? I I know for me, the entire song is very spiritual and it speaks to the ever-changing balance that a parent has to play or should play while raising kids. But what, Eric, if you can say it again or another one, but Tommy, do you have one that's your favorite? I'll share mine in a second. Uh, yeah, you know, the beginning just comes right out, um, right off the, right off the bat. There's a chance I admit, I don't know where the pieces fit and I don't have a guide to get it right. So I remember when my daughter was born and, um, she was four days old when we left the hospital and the nurse, you know, wheeled her mom out in the, in the wheelchair holding the the chili, you know, they just made sure that I had a car seat. And that was it. They didn't uh, follow me home to make sure I had a bed for her or that I even had a house or food or anything. And it just, it just kind of reminds me that, you know, you don't get a guide for this. And I only have one, one child. So, and although she's 18 now and she's kind of on her own, which goes back to what Eric was saying, how you have to, you know, really let them do their own thing, which is really hard for me because I don't want to do that. But, okay. So I only have one daughter which means, in my opinion, every day is a new day. So if you have two daughters, then you've had a five-year-old twice, right? So every time I uh, have to make a decision with regards to my daughter, now that she's an, a young adult, but am I doing the right thing? Did, did I do the right thing? You know, I think as a dad, we probably secretly wonder if we're failing our kids more than we're not wondering and uh, we don't have a guide and we're not given a guide. And, you know, your first kid every day is a new day. And that's the first time that you're going to experience that. So that kind of uh, that hit me there is, uh, you know, I don't have a guide. And, and that le- this takes me right back to my daughter being four days old and they don't give you a guide. They almost like, here you go. Good luck. <laughs> um, so that's what uh, initially hit me. Yeah. For. I don't know, Eric, if you wanted to change yours or... No, no, I, I should mind. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's so funny when I read through this, because, again, I I don't hear lyrics when the songs are playing normally. It's a personal problem of mine. So it's great when Eric you know, shares these lyrics with us. And if you do buy a CD, the whole inside panel has all the lyrics, which is nice. That's right. Um, but it's it's my open hand fly away. And it's, it's an imagery that I've actually used a lot. Um, I work in education and when I'm with parents and, and we're having a difficulty with a student and a parent and they're not always on the same page. And I, I kind of turn into a counselor often where I try and explain to the, the kids upset, the parents upset, they're all upset. You know, you got a young adult, like kind of Tommy's example of raising a, a young adult is it's difficult. And my analogy or my imagery that I have is it's like your this parent wants to open their hand up and let that butterfly fly away. Because I think every parent wants their, obviously I hope every parent wants their child to be successful and to fly away and be that adult and, and have this great life. But every time the kid makes mistakes, the parent's reaction, I know what it is for me, is I want to close that hand up 
I want to hold them tight again. I want to put them in my pocket and I don't want anything bad to happen to them. And, and it, it's a beautiful analogy. If, if, and I don't know if that's how you wrote it, Eric, but that's for me, that's exactly what I thought of is I want to open my hand and, and fly away. I want that my daughter, my son to be the person I want them to be, but sometimes I'm not ready and I want to close my hand. No, you nailed it, man. I, I mean, I think that's what life is, whether you're a parent or anything you hold dear, uh, by holding it in an open hand, uh, one, you're not claiming ownership over it because we all know no, nothing we have is really our own in this life. But, and especially with kids, you know, if you close that hand, there's going to be a struggle and it's going to hurt. It's like having a firecrack in your hand. If it's in your palm, it's going to hurt a little. If you close your hand, it's going to blow your fingers off. Yep. You know, and that's, that's a lot like parenting. If you hold on too tight, you're going to get your fingers blown off metaphorically. Yeah. You know, and, and I love, I, I love that idea. I love what you shared, Lance. You know, that, that really resonated with me and I'm, gl- I'm glad it kind of, kind of stuck with you too. And just moving into that bridge. Uh, the bridge is my, it's my favorite part of any West of House song on the album. And, you know, I'm, no one knows I'm going to do it, but I'm, we're going to play just the bridge right now. So just listen to this and take it in for a second. Still my favorite, uh, just the, the melody line, what it's saying. Uh, I can carry your dreams all in front of me, my honor and my privilege to walk with you. If you let me, I will be, despite my frailty, your champion unmoved and unafraid. Uh, this is one of the few moments on the album that when my wife listened to it, she wept, so I knew I did something right. If I can get tears, you know, it's like, okay, that's working. That's, that's resonating. And, you know, kind of what you alluded to earlier, Lance, I'm, I'm glad that we've put it out there now in the universe. It can't be taken back that at least it will outlive us all. And it's, it's a, that love letter to my kids, even after I'm gone, that hopefully they can look back on this and say, well, you know what? Dad wasn't a jerk. That's <laughs> <laughs> the hope. I think we all we all want that, right? Yeah, yeah. that's it. if we get that, then we have succeeded at parenting people. <laughs> Amen. So, and after after that, so going back to the technical technical aspect, I mean, we kind of veered off, but I mean, hopefully, that's a theme for some of these podcasts. Just our ability to talk beyond the song and dig into the deeper issues. That's stuff we want to explore. Hopefully, for many episodes to come, if uh, you guys keep listening. But technical stuff, then we hit the solo, which also is one of my favorite solos. One of the, my favorite things about West of House is that we have three lead guitarists. Two are extremely talented, and the other one is me. So you've got <laughs> Kevin and Dave, who, I mean, they're amazing. 
the lines they come up with and they can shred and they can do things that my jaw just kind of drops and hits the floor and makes me want to quit. So what I have to do because I, I lack the technical prowess, you know, to really unleash, uh, I, I dive into melody. A lot of that comes from David Gilmore, uh, my love for Pink Floyd or my love for the edge, you know, when they do a solo, they, they're not ripping, but they put so much emotion into their solos. It's almost like, um, a vocal line. And that's what I try to do on carry your dreams. This is one of my solos. You can definitely hear the difference on the album. I've got a few Mine are the long melodic ones. And then when your when your jaw drops and your face gets melted, well, you know, that's Kevin or Dave. <laughs> but but this solo that comes after the bridge, it's just kind of got that melodic line and it's saturated in reverb and chorus and wonderfulness and it's gooey and wet and moist. And, you know, it just it's like the perfect cherry on top to where the song has been. And if you listen closely, now if you listen closely under that solo, you'll hear a little, whoo. I don't know. Have you, have you guys heard it? No, so you're not talking the ooze like vocally. No, 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 no. Under about- the solo. So I don't think I have. When I had finished tracking the vocals, I kept playing because I was going into the outro later. I kept it recording and I was so happy with the take. I got way too excited under the solo and I started like almost scatting parts. But I'm six <laughs> feet away from the mic. Now it's a condenser mic, so it's picking up on everything. But there's a few woos. There's like a hip. And there's all this stuff that's under the solo. And when we were mixing it, Bobby was like, hey, do you want to leave this stuff in? Because I really love it. And I was like, well, <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, throw it in there because that was the emotion I was feeling there. You know, you're coming out of that bridge of I've just given myself to the girls. And yeah, there's a lot of happiness at that point. So listeners, if you listen under the solo, you can hear little, little Easter eggs. Hey, Eric, speaking about Easter eggs, because my ear does not hear lyrics very well. Half the time I'm listening to songs and I think they say this and then I read it and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got half that wrong. The very last word of this song, Eric, what is it? Uh, it's unafraid. Unafraid. Good. Because that's what I hear. But uh, I think on our, one of our lyric sheets, it says afraid. So I don't know if that's a misprint on our actual lyrics that's in the album. Yeah, it's it's Tommy going back in and probably changing the lyrics. It's it's unmoved (laughs) and unafraid. So, yeah. So if you're listening to the podcast, you're going to be one of the few and the proud to know that there's a slight misprint, but it is unafraid. That's what I wanted to make sure. Oh, does does it say that on the CD? That's what I wanted to to double check. Whoa. I don't know. I don't have my CDs yet. Yeah, it's unafraid. Good. As it should be. And, uh, (laughs) So that leads us to the ultimate uh, homage to you two uh, in the outro. So that's that part where I hit those really high ooze, and it's it's completely influenced by With or Without You, uh, one of the great U2 songs of all time. And Bono does those really high ooze at the end, and you know what? I wanted to try it too, and mine are not as good as his. But that's that's my homage to Bono and just me saluting him for that outro, and that's why we we threw that in. Yeah, the, this whole song kind of has that. I mean, the drum beat's kind of a U two e feel, you know, and uh, so yeah, that fits. That fits really well. All right, so at this point, hey, 
what can we do better than play carry your dreams so this is track two uh from crescendo of silence hope you enjoy Yeah. 
I said it after yesterday's, and I'll say it after this one. I still love this song. <laughs> I never get tired of it. No, it's no. it's just one of those you can listen to over and over. And I know I know bands shouldn't just talk about their own music too much, but damn, that's a good one. Yep. Yeah. I mean, when you're tracking it and you've recorded it, and that's all you hear for a month, then you know, then you kind of get a little. I don't want to say tired of it, but you kind of want to hear something else. But now that it's done and it's part of the project and it's a, a piece of a bigger overall musical uh, piece, it's just, uh, it's so good. And like I say, that bridge is one of my favorite things I've ever heard. And I sing it while well, I hum it. I don't sing anything, but I hum along to it because I just really love the uh, the uh, melody of it. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, you know, uh I see this as a single sometime in the future, maybe close to this recording. Maybe it already is. Maybe it's not. <laughs> and there's a video in my head. This is one I have a pretty clear mm. idea for, and, and I hope that uh, comes to fruition. Yeah, that'd be exciting. See, normally we, aren't, uh, we don't want people to know about what's in your head, but I think in this case it's, uh, <laughs> it's okay. So uh, what's next? Lance, what song is next again? Oh, we've got... I don't know. You have the CD, Denmark. Lance. Denmark. As we nickname it, but oh, Denmark calling. Denmark. I have a feeling we are all going to learn something in that next podcast because uh, Eric uh, does things for the band and asks us to answer questions, and we don't even know some of the answers yet. So hopefully, we can get them out of him. Yeah, we'll, and he we'll won't see. Say, we'll talk about how Denmark was the one song that almost just pushed me over the edge. <laughs> that was that was my pushed a lot uh, of us over the edge. My, that was definitely my Huckleberry for sure. <laughs> and I still but have no I idea what maybe, it's about. So. Maybe my favorite uh, drum part as far as a technical standpoint, but we'll get into that next yeah, time. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that episode. So yeah, it'll be a good episode. Uh, once again, thanks for listening. Thanks for being on this yes. journey with us. Uh, thanks for walking through this album. Uh, it's It was a lot of fun to make. It's even more fun to hear what you guys think. And we hope to get your feedback. So visit us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter under West of House Band. That's West of House Band. So drop us a note there. Like some of our stuff. Start a conversation. Uh, Everyone in the band is on it. Well, except for Lance and Kevin, who are scared of social media. It's true. (laughs) me, me Me, Dave, and Tommy, we'll talk to you. We'll answer your questions. You can also find oh. us on Bandcamp at westofhouse.bandcamp.com. Find us on YouTube just by typing in West of House, and please subscribe so we can get to 100 subscribers and get a real uh, URL. And check us out streaming on Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Tidal, you name it, we are probably on it. Heck, you can even Shazam us, and that's how you know that we have reached the big time. <laughs> Shazam! If you Shazam us, you will find us. But once again, thank you so much. And this is Eric. This is Lance. Cheers to you all. This is Tommy. Good night. And we want to say goodbye. I will carry your dreams all in front of me. 
my honor and my privilege to walk with you. If you let me, I will be. Oh, 